But the Holy Ghost did, and he, he has something to say to this room tonight. If you'll indulge me just a moment, I just want to share a little personal story. I had a grandfather that walked away from God. Some of you know my story. My grandfather walked away from God and stayed away from God in rebellion for 25 years, or for 50 years, I'm sorry, almost to the day, from the day he got angry with God, walked away, until he was laying on his deathbed and an eight-year-old granddaughter walked in and said, Grandpa, if you don't give your life to Jesus right now, I'm never going to get to know you. She said, I want to pray for you and lead you in a prayer. Would, would you repeat a prayer after me? Grandpa said, yes, I'll do it. And an eight-year-old girl, a product of a dream that a young Methodist minister had of revival going up and down the river valleys of this region, that had laid dormant for 50 years, came alive at the prophetic word of an eight-year-old granddaughter who carried the, re the inheritance of a grandfather who, who dreamed of revival in his younger years and laid it to rest because he got frustrated and angry. And in that moment, that little girl led him back to Jesus. Jesus, overnight, raised him up off of his deathbed and gave him 12 more years. The fullness of apostolic ministry, 12 years. And every time I would see him, he would, I, was, I was in my 40s. He would say, boy, get over here. And he would call me beside his big old recliner and he'd put his hand on my head and he'd weep. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. I didn't understand it. I got to preach at my grandfather's funeral and talk about his dream. When I was getting ready for that funeral, God showed me a scripture in Deuteronomy 29, 29, and it says this, the things that are hidden belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children, and the word their children is generations. The mark of the Holy Spirit's coming is that old men dream dreams and they never stop dreaming. And if they can lay on their bed, if they have no more voice, if they have no more strength, if they can simply lay on their bed and close their eyes and dream a dream, it becomes an inheritance for the grandchildren that are coming along behind them. They walk in the dream of the Father. Yeah. Went, well, I slipped back to Melanie tonight and I said, I so miss your dad. Jerry dreamed a dream about this region. He believed God was going to move. I, I leaned over to, to Ruth tonight. There's, there's dreams in the room from people that aren't even in the room, but their dreams are as alive as you are sitting there breathing. And you carry something. If you had a, a generation that dreamed, while my grandfather was in rebellion against God, he tried to run away, stayed drunk most of that 50 years, crawled into a bottle and couldn't get out. But every morning he'd get up and get in a pickup and he'd go up and down the Platte River Valley and build bridges. 
Almost every bridge on Interstate 80 from Omaha to Scotts Bluff has my grandfather's footprints and, and fingerprints on it. It's what he did. So that when we would begin to, to, to take revival up and down this, this Platte River Valley, we would, we would have a place. We would be able to go faster than he could go. We could, we could be able to, to do it with less hindrance than he would have had. And even in his rebellion, he was fulfilling a dream. The things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. And when Jesus said, I, I want to show you how to pray, but when you pray, pray our. Let's reach over and grab somebody. Touch somebody. It's ours. It's ours. It's ours. Yeah. It's our grandchildren's. It's ours. It's ours. If I prayed for it, it's ours. I'm a joint heir with Christ and a joint heir with every person sitting in this room. And if you've dreamed it and I claim you as my brother and my sister, your dream becomes my reality. And I have a right to walk in everything that you've had the audacity to look into the spirit realm and, and begin to define what it is. The, the hem of his garment is mine. The latter angels ascending and descending in the room. It's mine because that's my friend. things that are revealed belong to us to our family it's a family inheritance if you're sitting next to somebody with gray on their hair just whisper in there keep dreaming whisper on them come on keep dreaming I need you to dream I need you to keep dreaming I need you to keep looking prophet I don't you dare get, get bitter don't you dare get frustrated I need you to prophesy I need you to open your eyes and look into the realms of the Spirit. I need you to pull on things that are not yet but will be. Because when you see it, it becomes my inheritance. My grandfather wept over the Platte River Valley. He wept over the Republican River Valley. He wept over the Loop City. He, he wept over these regions. And his tears are my inheritance. The tears of his frustration when he's walking away from God knowing he's not fulfilling his destiny. The tears of an old man with wrinkled hands on, my, on the top of my head saying it's on you. <laughs> Ben's still dreaming. <laughs> he's seeing things that we can't even begin to imagine. But it's ours. Because the things that are hidden belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. <laughs> I don't know what made you what made you cynical. I don't know what made you back away. I don't know what disappointment it was. But don't you dare let the enemy steal from you the sight. Paul, when he's praying for his disciples, he says this, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be opened. Because if you can see it, it's our reality. I got to dance with my grandchildren this morning. My 18-month-old doesn't know what to do, but she comes over and gets Poppy. And she says, Poppy, let's dance. It's her grandfather, her great-grandfather that she never met. His joy is being revealed in his 
in his great granddaughter. Because <laughs> he's our father. <laughs> Your dream is of my reality. Old men are going to dream dreams. Young men are going to see vision. And children are going to prophesy. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. And if we can teach our children to prophesy, they're going to prophesy without filters, without the ability to, de to deny, without the ability to shape it, without the ability to, to pare it down to what they can believe. Yes. Yes. They're just going to believe anything. Yes. So I need them to pr prophesy. Whoa. Greg, don't you dare stop dreaming, man. Don't you dare stop coming out to this, to this property and looking out over this valley and dream the dreams. You've dreamed. You carry a dream for a nation. You carry a dream for a region. I was in the back room the night while I'm standing there. I hear, anybody know that theme song? There was a season about five years. We couldn't go to a conference. Somebody would call us out. They said, I don't understand this, but does this mean anything to you? Uh, there, there's this map, and I see this fire starting in the middle of it. It's going out. It's like, shut up. I've heard it too many times. I'm not seeing it yet. I want to see what God promised. And if that prophet saw it, it's mine. And if it's not mine, it's my children. And if it's not my children, it's my grandchildren. They're going to walk it out. Yeah. <laughs> Papas, come on up here. Get up here. Mamas, come on up here. <laughs> Greg and Kathleen, come on. And if you've been challenged, <laughs> Matt, Dan, get up here, man. You guys have dreamed this dream. Some of the rest of you have dreamed a dream, but it's okay. I don't care which side you're on. We're just gonna, we're gonna release this stuff. The rest of you, would you just stand up where you are? And I want you just, I want you to begin to ask this, Father. Am I seeing everything you, you've, you've given me and promised me? Am I cynical about anything? Is there any dream that you've given that's, that I, I perceive in my brain? My reason says it's too big. And God, I want that broken off of me. I want to dream like a child. I want to dream without limits. I want to go back to the place that's the thing you promised, that I once held my fist out and ground at the table and said, God, and I gave it up somewhere, and I don't want to give it up. I'm going to keep dreaming a dream. I want you to come up and let one of these fathers mothers mamas daddies lay their hands on you i don't care i don't care how old you are it doesn't matter but we want to just release and stir the dream fan the flame of the fire of the dream of god in the region because there's something that god hasn't hasn't finished yet yeah. He's, we're still dreaming come on if you're still dreaming come on. you want to be one of those old men that lays on your bed and say, if i don't have a voice and i have no strength i want to keep dreaming i want to keep dreaming i want to keep dreaming I want to teach my grandchildren how to prophesy. Release the dreams, release the visions, release the dreams. 
We're just going to take another, just another minute or two here. God is doing significant things just in people's lives. Jesus, He's so good. So good. So good. There's a couple more people over here that need prayer. If you guys want to just grab the aisle. Jesus. Oh, is she? Can we just take a minute and just bless what the Lord's doing? Sometimes we can get in kind of like a observing or spectating mode. Can we just bless what the Lord's doing in people's lives right now? The freedom that's happening, the significant shift that's happening in people's lives. Lord, we just bless what you're doing in this room. Lord, we bless the revival in Nebraska, in this region. We thank you for the convergence that's happening even in this room. Lord, I'm just so honored that you would bring the fathers of this movement into this room tonight, Lord. We bless what you're doing, Father. We come into agreement with what you're doing, your thoughts and your ideas over people's lives right now in Jesus' name. Just in your own words, would you just say more, Lord? More, Holy Spirit. We just want more of you. Fire of God. Fire of God. Fire of God. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Lord. Ooh, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.
Jeff Collins is here to minister to us tonight. And Holy Spirit. Before before I have Jeff come and do whatever he wants to do, um, I just want us to sow into him and his ministry. If uh, if he's been a blessing to you, um, it's appropriate to just be a blessing to him. And we're just gonna can we all just stand and we're gonna we can go into to one last song here. And if you're if you feel led at all by the Lord to to sow into Jeff uh, Collins' ministry, we're just gonna have you bring your offerings to the front. And if you need to give electronically, I think Leslie has a um, that she's she's in the purple right there. She's going out these doors over here, and if you need to do it that way, you can. And let's just tell the Lord how good He is. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we thank You for significant moments, mile marker moments. Tonight's that night. And we do just declare blessing over Jeff and Millicent and their ministry right now. Above and beyond their wildest imagination. God, that You would take them farther, higher, deeper, faster. Lord, that the best is yet to come. That the latter days would be greater than the former days. Jesus. Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. If you if you uh, need to make out a check, you're welcome to. You can just make it out to Spirit of Life Church and just put Jeff Collins in the memo, and, we, and we'll just do one for him. Let's just worship the Lord with our giving. In Jesus' name.
Jonathan had it. He was clapping in rhythm. Let's do that.
It doesn't take much light to make darkness back out. Yeah. But it's it's just it's challenging for me sometimes. When I come through here, it's challenging me to drive past 1733. Remember that night at Lighthouse. Thank you for Lighthouse Church. That night where people got happy. Where the joy of heaven came. Anybody just could use a good dose of joy, the joy of heaven in your life? The joy of the Holy Ghost. The joy of salvation. Let it be fully restored. And yeah, we heard, I don't know, it's probably close to midnight on a weekday night. Freezing. God, it's always cold in Nebraska. Freezing cold. That's why it was so easy to always pray, Lord, send the fire. Spirit of burning, come immediately, please. <laughs> On a, we, we can hear up in the auditorium all this. <laughs> Golly, what's that? And down in the basement... The people that were counting the offering were rolling in the dough. You know, I've never seen that. When I pastored and I went back, you know, after his, you know, to the ones that were counting, it was like, man, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? It's like, my God, what was this? But here they are. All of them. What was there? Three, Ruth? Three. You were, were, were you one of those? You were a holy roller. I thought that's right. It was you and two guys. Uh, they, they were rolling and laughing and throwing the money up in the air. And we thought, oh golly, what is this? But then you you could not you could just step close to that doorway and you were going down. But God, what's that about? Aren't we supposed to be more serious than this? God is in his holy temple, we should keep silent. Let all the earth keep silent for Him. Let everything be done. Decency and order. Yeah, but it does say let everything be done. (laughs) And then, after laughing and you know what? I just 
I've lived a long time now. I've watched people that I didn't know anything about laugh their heads off in the service and then have the pastor tell me, you don't understand, they, they've been in a nine-year depression. They've been suicidal. They, they, haven't, they can hardly speak because of depression. And I've watched it absolutely obliterated by the power of God. So don't try to tell me that it's little light stuff. Jesus knows what he's doing. And a merry heart does good like a medicine. And every now and then you just need to take your pill, all right? <laughs> what kind of heart medicine are you taking? <laughs> came over here on one of your bitter cold I don't know 40 mile an hour wind wind chill factor couldn't be calculated and we just we just were eaten up and after all these years I'm even more eaten up I just, I just love watching God work. I just love the way that He loves His church. The way that He just moves and the way He just touches people and the miracles and the freedoms and the one, we call it wonders and signs but it's just that's just normal heaven, heavenly activity it's earthly activity that's abnormal that's right. we rolled in that ditch over there that bar ditch in 1733 we prayed our best prayers to the east and the west and we have confidence that he hears us when we pray. We want Pablo to pray for a fresh move of God. I want to pray hope into every person. I want to pray life to the waste cities of Nebraska. The little farming towns that are, a lot of them are, are drying and dying up. We want to we see God move in those places. We want to see every church, the Lutheran, the Catholic, the Methodist, the Baptist, the Charismatic, the Berean, the Korean, whatever they are, we want to see them alive. Jesus looks down on this region. He only sees one church. It was a couple of, three weeks ago, I can't hardly do the math. But we had a meal in Geneva, Switzerland. 
And we had the Catholic Bishop of the region, a wonderful man of the Spirit. We had the head of all the Protestant churches of the region, the head of all the evangelical churches of the region. We had the charismatic Pentecostal leaders. And we, were, we sat down. We had a beautiful meal served by the five daughters of Pedros, Nathanian, and Rebecca, a Jewish family. And these girls served with such love and honor. And anybody that had any kind of agenda, it was melted by the love of those children. And we sat there as men and women and the spirit of unity was there. Behold, how pleasant, how good it is for brothers to dwell together, for brethren to dwell together in unity, and sistren too. It is like the precious oil. It's the anointing oil of heaven that runs down from Aaron down his beard all the way to the skirt and there the Lord commands his blessing I just want to declare that again and there the Lord commands his blessing Lord I ask you for Buffalo County I ask you for Central Nebraska I ask you for a movement of unity that will cause other regions to take notice God I pray for the dripping anointing God just to start running down I pray for every discouraged pastor even in this moment that you will awaken them God and that you will break word curses off of their lives and I pray Jesus I pray Jesus for the release of angels of breakthrough into the region. I ask you to release angels of encounter into the region. And those that are like Saul of Tarsus, enemies of the gospel, breathing out threats against the church, let them have encounters with the light of heaven. Don't be surprised if a new apostolic movement is raised up by people that have never been in a church to speak of. Enemies of the church right now, but God can release encounter. And I ask the Lord tonight for encounters in this room. There in Austin, at Bethel, Austin, we were having a fire tunnel and we'd already had so much heaven. And so, we as leaders, we went through, we, we prayed, but then, you know, I need prayer too. All right? So I, I just want to go through. And one of the leaders, Eddie Tate's daughter, lays hands on me but she goes flying off of her feet and then 
she touched some of her friends and before long a whole wad of young people and children were incapacitated by the glory of God till late and some of them stayed in encounter for seven hours seven hours in encounter and when you're in that level of encounter it changes even the way your face is is anybody hungry for a fresh encounter would you pray into it Pablo yeah before I pray I just want to share just a brief story so I've been on this journey with God I've been on this journey with this God to know to, you know this God that is you know that all things are possible with him I've been on this journey and I want to tell you that we're living in such a time that people are hungry to encounter this God. People are hungry to encounter this God. I've had so many suddenlies happen in my life this past year that I've, I could have never predicted. Just want to share a testimony. I was in Texas. Steve, you know this story. I was in Texas. And we were just talking and I just, you know, what God's doing in our lives and and, and, and just and we're just super passionate and we begin to ask the question what if we begin to pray for our server what would happen if we begin to pray for our server and then our server began to just weep and fall into the presence of God and she ran back and began to tell her friends what would it look like if we actually stepped outside our comfort zone and began to pray for our server so I told my friend James that I was eating with, I said, well, let's not ask the question, let's actually try it. So our server came out, and, and, we're, and we're just, you know, talking to her, and we finally just say, hey, is it okay if we pray for you? And she just had this shocked look at her face, just, oh, yes, sure. And we asked her, what do you need prayer for? And she just told us, you know, what, you know finances. And we said, okay. And as we begin to pray for her, we begin to receive downloads from heaven. And we begin to just hear things that we didn't know about her, but God knew things about her. Yeah. And, she, and the power of God just began to fall on her. And she began to weep. She began to weep. Thank you. And she ran back. She ran back. And then she came back out five minutes later and she says, how did you know? How did you know that I was dealing with this? How did you know that that happened to me when I was this age? How did you know? And I didn't know what to tell her. I said, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that God knows. And she began to say, my friends in the back are asking me what happened. And I begin to tell them there's some guys out there that begin to pray for me, begin to tell me things about my life that no one would ever know. And they want to know if they can come out here and receive prayer. So they come out and we begin to just pray with them and begin to prophesy over them. And there's this young girl right here off to my right. And the entire time she's just quiet and she's just patiently waiting. And out of nowhere I, just, I get this picture of a rose. And I finally just turn to her and I say, hey, I don't, I don't know what you've been dealing with. I don't know anything about you, but I keep, I keep seeing this rose. Does, does rose mean anything to you? And she just begins to cry and says, my name is Rosa. 
My name is Rosa. And as soon as she began to tell me that her name was Rosa, I just saw that, that God was trying to restore her. And I began to prophesy that, that no longer she would be bound by fear, but she would be walking in victory. And I began to bless her. And she walked away. And as she walked away, her friend said, how do you know? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about, but how do you know? And I said, what's, what's going on? She said she just came back to work. She's been in treatment for the past week because she tried committing suicide a week ago. People are hungry to hear this God that all things are possible with. But see, I, I've told you that I've been on this journey with God. I've been on this adventure with God. But the adventure didn't start until I said yes. See, we, we sometimes think that we need to do these different things in order to be elevated to this high place. It isn't you that elevates you. It's God that elevates you. And He doesn't need hours upon hours and striving. He just needs your yes. Yes. He needs your yes. So today as I pray into this region, as I pray into this church, into the community, I want to hear your yes. So if you're, if you're crying out for revival in Nebraska, you're crying out for revival in your family, you're crying out for revival in your finance, you're crying out for revival in whatever situation, I want you to stand up and just begin to cry out yes. Yeah. Begin to cry out yes. Yeah. Begin to cry out yes. Come on, just begin to yeah. cry out. Begin to cry out. Yes, God. We're all in, God. We're all in, God. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. And we stop by the striving, God. We stop by trying to elevate ourselves, God. And we simply surrender ourselves to you with this one word. And it's yes, God. It's yes. Hey! Yes! Part two of the story. It was th four months after I was in Texas and, and this Applebee's. We wound up in that same place again. And we were just talking about just the wonderful experience that God did there. And we begin to ask that question again. What if we pray for our server again? What if God, the presence of God, you know, falls on her? And we begin to, we, you know, we, 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 we had to come over. And one of the words that I had for her is I kept on seeing Ariel, you know, the mermaid. I kept on seeing that. And I just said, hey, I don't know if you like mermaids or anything like that, but I kept on seeing you as like Ariel, the mermaid. And she says, my name is Ariel. And I, and, and I don't know about you, but that's a really good sign that God's doing something. <laughs> that's a really good sign. Yeah. But we went to pray for her. She began to weep and fall into the presence of God. And she walked away. Same thing as like the first story. She walked away and came back. And then she looked at me and says, I remember you. I remember you. And I said, what do you mean? She's like, I remember you. You were here four months ago. And I saw a crowd of people gather on that section over there. And you guys were praying with them. And I saw because I heard the stories after you guys left. And people would not stop talking about it for an entire month. And I was so sad. I was so upset that I wasn't able to be there because I was bartending that night. But let me tell you this. 
God was not late. God was not late. He knew what he was doing. And God knew that because she longs for that moment. We see we had a crowd of people. We had managers there. We had other servers. And, and we were praying with them. But we got to be intentional with this one girl. And at the end, James says, do you want Jesus in your heart? Do you want Jesus in your heart? She just says, I do. I don't want to live like this anymore. I do. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want, the, I want this Jesus you guys have told me about. The Jesus that knows my heart, knows details of my life. I want Jesus. But that journey all started with a yes. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, in this place tonight, Lord, our hearts are yes. Our hearts are yes, Lord. Our hearts are, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, God. That our hearts would be moved and transformed by the power of yes, God. That our hearts would be moved by your love, God. Because, Father, the fields are already ready, God. The people are hungry, God. Father, we ask for that bread, Lord. We know that you would not give us a stone when we ask for bread, God. Yes, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, God. And all of these, God, I pray that you would commission them, Lord. That you would give them, Father, supernatural encounters, God. That you would give them, Father, opportunities for the God of all things, Father. The God, Father, of all the possible would come and draw near with power and love right now, God. Yes, Father. Thank you, God. Just look out and see if you have something. Look, Look at him and see if there's anything you have. No, no, no. Out and you see what there's anything you need to do. You know, one, one, one thing I was feeling tonight is I felt like there was supposed to be a prophetic mantle that was supposed to rest upon this place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. The spirit of revelation. And if, and if that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand. And I just, I'm going to pray for that spirit of revelation to come, that mantle to come. Mitch, I just double it right now, Mitch, over your life yes. right now. Yes. I double that. I yes. double that, Mitch, right now. In Jesus' name, I double that right now. In Jesus' name, I pray that from this day forward, Mitch, wow, Father, I pray there's something on you, Mitch, right now. There's something on There's a grace right now falling on you. There's a grace on yeah, you that's grace. falling, yeah, and doors are going to begin to open up, Mitch. Doors are going to begin to open up, and, and there's this, there's this thing, there's this thing on this, uh, on you've been asking for cities, but the Lord is saying, ask for nations, ask for nations, Mitch. Cities are too small for you. Cities are too small for you. So, Father, I pray for nations to be unlocked right now in Jesus' name. And just right here in the white. With your hand lifted up, I see the hunger inside of you. I see the hunger inside of you. And you're just, you're radical. You're a radical mama. You're a radical mama. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that the Lord would come. Were you, were you at the service in Grand Island? Were you at the service in Grand Island at all? No, you just remind me of another, another lady who got prophesied the same thing. But I see you as forerunners. And I see that you're going to mother so many uh, young women. And you're going to radicalize them for Jesus because yeah. of the zeal and passion that lives inside Great. of you. you can go in. Wow. 
Just extend your hand that direction. Father, we pray for a great commission to fall right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, that every, every person that would encounter this radical mama would fall under the presence of God. Would fall under the presence of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, there it is, more. I pray that right now, whatever's falling on you, that it would double right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Boom, there it is, boom, there it is. Thank you, Father. Hey. right now Pablo's heart is just broken right now it's, it's out of the bowels of mercy and compassion that miracles flow Jesus was moved with compassion that's why he would feed the multitudes he was moved with compassion it's like he wasn't planning to do some of the miracles but, but here came the press of human need I believe there's just access available just of, for an opening up of the bowels of mercy and compassion inside of us right now. And I just want to raise my hands right now and say, Father, would you do that in me? Would you help me to see people the way that you see them? Would you move me with what moves you? Would you, Lord, move me out of my comfort zone? Move me out of my schedule. Move me out of my daily routine. Make me sensitive to your voice, Holy Spirit. Let me be led by you. Let the words that come out of my mouth not be my own words, but let it be the Spirit of the Father speaking through me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm just asking the team to do the song they did earlier and we're just going to wait on the Lord a little bit longer would you lead us on a
to take your seats. I just want to release the team. Hannah, if you'd just like to play for a little bit, that would be good. It's just, uh, it's just such a joy you know, John wrote and said, I have no greater joy than this, that my children walk in truth. And with all these years here in Nebraska, you know, our children have great memories of Nebraska. Our great memory here at Spirit of Life was when the tent was here. And I mean, the kids just went crazy, you know, they... They were rabid with God, you know. They stayed up all night, didn't they? And um, just wonderful. Rabid with God doesn't sound good. No. Um, let's change that, all right? Let's, would you remove that from the official record? They were just consumed. And now, you know, so many of them are in ministry. So many of them are vibrant in churches. So many of them are salt and light. And it just brings and releases so much hope to know that what is the way it's, God intended it is that one generation shall declare His faithfulness to the next. It, it, there should be increase on every successive generation. Anybody that calls me a papa, anybody that says, hey, you know, would you, would you, would you help us? Would you father, be a father to us? They know me. I say, you better do it better than I, or I will come back after you. I will come back after you. I'm not trying to hang on to my position. I don't even know what my position is. I just want, I just want to love, live a life of love. Just want to equip and release. I want to be able to just, when I'm older and I can't, it's hard for me to like face that I'm getting older. 
I want to be able to receive sons and daughters and make them listen to more stories. <laughs> I remember that move of God we had. <laughs> I heard this when we were praying before service. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, I'd like to read it in the NMV version. It's the new Nebraska version. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Nebraska, we were like those who, who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. And they said amongst the Midwestern states, the Lord's done good things for them. The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we're glad. I want to stop right here preach a three point message very deep I preach it in the Faroe Islands three deep points in the middle of this first point ha ha the second point he he third deep point ho ho they never invited me back I don't know why I mean Faroe let me go and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for the sowing shall doubtless come again, rejoicing, bringing in his harvest with him. There's a joy of harvest that's found in this state. You have, the, you have the Husker Days. You have these festivals. You have farmers that get happy when they have a good yield. Ranchers that get happy when there's rain and the pastures are, are filled with so much nourishment. But there's a harvest. It's a, the harvest of souls there's the harvest that Jesus spoke to the, the one in John 4 and we're going to look at it where he said lift up your eyes don't say Four months more and then he said, lift up your eyes for the harvest is come. Let's just consider right now in this moment what would that look like in Nebraska? What would that look like in some of the inner parts of Omaha? Lincoln some of the waste cities out west where they're drying up a lot of them. 
What would it look like with schools and business places getting wrecked by the Spirit of God? What would it look like? I mean, when Duncan Campbell sat down, put his feet on the Hebridean island, when his feet, feet touched that ground, people started, farmers started falling in the fields crying out for mercy. There had been a backdrop of great heartfelt prayer. But something happened. There was a convergence of a time and a season and God began to release revival glory. In John chapter 4. All right, Miss Hannah, you can you can stop now. Amen. But I res- I reserve the right to call you back up. <laughs> Let's give her a big God bless you, the team. I felt like it was so significant, the passing of Billy Graham a day before 100. Is that right? He died at 99. A day before he was to turn 100. I remember as a boy going to Texas Stadium before the Dallas Cowboys ever played a game in Texas Stadium. The first, the way they inaugurated that stadium was a Billy Graham crusade. And night after night that stadium was full of people and Billy Graham would preach a simple gospel there is power in the simple gospel you don't need a great education to preach a simple gospel You don't need to go to Sunday school all your life to preach the gospel. All you need to know is that there was a man called Jesus who was sinless, that became sin, who died on a cross, that suffered. All you need to know is that you can't save yourself. That you have to, you have to, You need Jesus. And that there is a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. I mean, it's a simple gospel. And night after night, just as I am without one plea would come. And he would say, from all over the stadium, you come now. And they would just start streaming down. Businessmen, students, young and old. The front would fill many people weeping, coming to Jesus. And 
in the heels of that, there was a fresh move of God called the charismatic movement. When the Holy Spirit began to be poured out, and I'm telling you, there were things going on all over the Dallas area, all over our region. It was an amazing time. I believe that something shifted at his death. And I believe that we're in, we are already in the greatest time of harvest this world's ever seen. There are sometimes gatherings in Indian Africa with over a million people. I have friends that are going where they are seeing tens of thousands saved in a, a week or two. In Nepal, the Hindu mountain kingdom. I mean, it was the prayer target for decades. But the strong man was bound. And his goods were spoiled to where the Hindus themselves of a new generation and the, the, the Buddhists, I'm sorry, the Buddhists of a new generation said no to their leaders and said, no, this is, you're not going to control any longer. And they welcomed evangelists and teams into the schools of Nepal. I remember going to a meeting with Lou Engel in, in the Dallas area. And we had one of those men's bathroom meetings. Oh, Jeff, how you doing? I just want to say, we really appreciate what you guys did with Gloria. She, she was so transformed there, Cyprus. We don't know where she is. She's somewhere in Nepal. Somewhere in Nepal, going village to village, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, would you remove right now any vestige of the shame of the gospel from off of our lives? Would you remove it off of our lives? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek and the geek. That's that NNV again. In John chapter 4, Jesus needed to go through Samaria. I just don't like reading commentators. They... they they make it sound like they know, they know Jesus and why he did things. It's not said why he needed to go, but I believe he needed to go because a mixed group of people, ethnic groups, that had been uh, taken from ten different nations, put together in Samaria by the Assyrian Empire who had conquered them so that they would so fight amongst each other that the Assyrians could always control them. 
That's how Samaria was formed. And when lions and things came and began to devour the people, they cried out to the Assyrians, listen, we need some, we need some help here. We don't know the God of this land. And some of the captive priests of Israel were then brought to teach the people about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the way Samaria was formed. No Jew wanted to go through Samaria because they had this external righteousness thing that they had to maintain. And to be around a Samaritan would make them unclean. Beware of an external righteousness religion where there's nothing real on the inside. Something that has a form of godliness but denies the power thereof. We say, Holy Spirit, come with power. We say we welcome your power, Holy Spirit. We say, release the power of the gospel through us. Jesus needed to go through there. Where were his guys? They were, they went to the fast food place. They were hungry. They, were, they went through the drive-thru, I'm sure. Can't find it really in the Hebrew, but I try. They were hungry. Seems like they were always worried about what they were going to eat. And so Jesus is there, and it's, it's in the afternoon. And there's this well. It was a famous well. It was Jacob's well. We see the consistency of the patriarch, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham pitched his tent. He dug a well. He called on God. We see Isaac digging wells, having to fight for them. And then we see Jacob. This well was in Samaria. A well was everything. Because the land, if you come to Israel with us this next March, you can, you can see Mitch and Katie about that. You'll, you'll understand. You never know how much rainfall is going to be there. And so it, it, it's really it's a tenuous existence. Israel does the most with water that any nation does. It's amazing. But it's still, it's not like an abundance. And so Jesus comes and he sits next to this woman. He sat thus by the well. Sometimes evangelism is just an intersection of destiny. He sat thus by the well. And he starts talking with this Samaritan woman. And she 
is getting nervous about it. She can't imagine why he wants to be next to her. And how can we say she was a little love challenged? Hello? And Jesus, of course, knows the secrets of her heart. I, I just, I'm continually amazed with Jesus, the way that he walked here on this earth, the way that he lived, the way in three short years he transformed our world. This was a simple formula. When people would come to him, he would receive them. Then he would speak to them. Then he would heal those that needed healing. He would cast out the devils. He, that's just the way he lived. It's really the way he wants us to live also. To be conformed into the image of the Son is our goal. And so, there's some cultural and ethnic barriers that are coming crashing down. I, um, the makeup of this church, you know, we've got Germans, Swedes, Eastern Europeans, Western Europeans, Asian, African, Latino, Islands. We're just a nation of immigrants. Is that right? My roots are Irish. I have Celtic roots. And I can see a lot of the Celtic way in my behavior. I had a, a Welsh prophet speak to me, our apostle. He said, one night, after a weekend of ministry together in New England, he said, Jeff, you really are Irish, Jeff. Because, Jeff, you just go with the wind. I feel a good breeze right now. <laughs> we have to break down the culture of barriers, beloved. If you have any ounce of prejudice inside of you and against any ethnic group, it will negate your ability to reach or touch them. It will be like an invisible force field that you're not aware of. One of the things I ask the Father regularly, would you just baptize me with your love? 
I just want to be immersed in your love. I want to look at people the way you see them. I don't want to see them as they are. I want to see the way that or what they can become. Give me insight. Jesus, Jesus starts working in the word of knowledge. He just, he just, oh, tell me about, you know, your husband. Go, go call your husband. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't have a husband. And he said, well, you answered correctly. <laughs> You've had actually a, a few more than one. <laughs> And the one you're with is not your husband. Listen. There wasn't a single ounce of condemnation in it. Jesus doesn't just love. He is love. There is no way he cannot love us. She got excited about it. And she goes to the entire area and says, go see a man that told me everything I ever did. I mean, there was no shame. It was just this thing where, wow, this man's amazing. And because of that, it wasn't Jesus' disciples that touched that city. It was this woman. You study revival history, and you see one demonized person liberated becoming catalytic for revival in regions. You see it again and again and again. We, we see the disciples come back. What's he doing? What's Jesus doing? You're like, whoa. What's this? But in the middle of all of this, Jesus speaks to why every one of us have been created. We have been created for worship. That's why we spend the time we do Not to go through a song list. You can do the song list with the latest, greatest and not enter into worship. You can get the hottest progressions and not have worship. You can have 
worship with no music going on around you. Worship. He spoke to it here. The hour is coming. And now is when those that worship the Father will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Anybody right where you are want to say, I want to be one of those people. I just want to be a lover of the Lamb. I want to worship God with passion. I want to worship God with every fiber of my being. I want to love Him with an ardent love, with a burning love, a burning heart. I want to do my best to love Him with all of my heart, my soul, my strength, my mind. And if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down trying. Hallelujah. In every man, woman, and child, there is this innate cry. It's a heaven-born cry. God, I just, I want to worship you. And when you're not living the life of worship, there's frustrations inside. You can't live out worship vicariously through someone else. There's a song inside of you that's the sweetest song to the Father. And it's His ransom, it's His redeeming work inside of you that when you sing to Him, especially when things aren't going so well, especially when you feel like maybe you've been jaded or something, this, 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 and you, in the spite of all of that, you just say, well, God, I just, I love you. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. I don't know. I have these pressure release valves. When I'm lugging my wife and I, two heavy suitcases and trying to carry the carry-ons in my briefcase and and we have these cheap airlines in Europe, but they're all out to get you, you know. You have EasyJet, which I call SleazyJet. Then you have Ryanair that I call Crying Air. And then you have Wiz Air, and I call it who was and whiz and who whiz to come. They're de- many of them are dehumanizing. And then we stay. Sometimes it's night trains that we stay. We stayed in Moldova last year, and there was there was not enough room on this little sofa couch that we were in this old Soviet style communist apartment, and so you had to lay on one side, and if you rolled, you rolled onto the bar. It was easy to fall off in that bar ditch, <laughs> and you know the pressure relief valve of continual travel is I'll sing to the Lord. I'll just sing to Him. One of my favorite pressure release songs. I will run. I will run this race. And I will do 
Started a little bit high, didn't I? <laughs> but boy, when I sing that song, many times the tears will just start rolling down my face. And it brings me back to ground zero that this is all about. And I'll, sometimes I'll say, Jesus, I wouldn't do this for anyone else but you. And I turn what could be seen as a lot of pressure, a lot of uh, uh, challenge into worship. When we worship, when it makes no sense, that becomes true worship. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Guys, come back. What is he doing? What's going on? And he speaks to them about the harvest. Do not say four months and then comes harvest. I'd like to say it this way. Don't say, you know, when I get mature enough, if I can just get to the next conference or seminar, maybe after it, maybe if I, you know, I'm faithful for about four decades, maybe I'll see harvest. I just, I've been doing this. I've been speaking to my generation. And I've been... The Father's been having me proclaim this. I want to proclaim it now. Our best days are not behind us. They're in front of us. And you still have so much to release in the way of wisdom, love, and life, and help. Do not say verse 33 verse 35 do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest behold I say lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are white with harvest Just as I, I read that, I felt it in the room. Lift up your eyes. Look around you. Be intentional day by day. Get your eyes first on Jesus in the morning. The eyes of my heart are on you. Open the eyes of my understanding. Open my eyes to see the way you see. And then as you go from that place into your day, in, into 
your activity, your business, your profession, then ask the Father to give you eyes to see people the way He sees them. Anybody want to do that? Anybody say, Lord, I need help here. I mean, there's sometimes I get on a plane and I try to turn off. It's hard when you can see and know what's going on around you in the Spirit. And you're exhausted. I just sometimes I just I just want to act like I'm not seeing the dramas that are unfolding around me. I just want to sleep. I'm just being gut level honest. Sometimes it really bothers me that I have the shut off thing. I don't want it. I don't want to shut off the bowels of mercy and compassion. I just can't imagine the way Jesus was. He was always being pulled on. How did he do it? Well, sometimes he'd just go out at night. And just gaze at Father. And then he'd come back and say, I only do the things that I see my Father doing. I'm not there. But I want to get there. And bless God, I'm going to... It's kind of like one time... There's this, there was this fish bait place. It said, our minutes are guaranteed to catch fish or die trying. <laughs> I want to be like that sign on that, that bait store. I want to keep going. There's a harvest. Hannah, would you come back? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I say lift up your eyes where the fields are white to harvest. Father, tonight we thank you just right now for the release of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Thank you so much, God, that we know where our help comes from, that it comes from you. We ask you for the love of God now to be poured out through us, in us and through us, by the Holy Spirit that's given. We pray an activation now 
in the arena of the miraculous. That you want to start up, you want to come up here. We pray right now just for miracles to be released in this room. We pray. I mean, the simple formula of Jesus was preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out devils. Freely you've received, freely give. That was a, that's, that's what he asked. We would like to see more of that operating through you. We've got a few people that want it. Anybody want to say, I want to want it more? Anybody want to say, I need to need it, it more? We pray right now, God, that you look down upon this place. We ask you for an outpouring of the Spirit of grace upon our lives. That you would pour out the Spirit of grace and supplication now. You will help us in this new season that you have initiated in Nebraska. To go where we've never gone before. To do what we've never done before. To take risk like we've never taken before. To step out and walk on the water with Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Okay, if if you need a miracle in your body, if you need a miracle in your life I mean miracles aren't confined to physical things um, there's just there's just things that need to change if that's you want just go ahead and stand uh, just quickly if you have some sort of condition some sort of uh, chronic problem or you need a breakthrough and uh, and and, and this, so here's what I'm going to do if you are standing just put a hand up real quick and and uh and I want the rest of you to look around. And I want you not to go to the person nearest you. I want you to look around and allow the movement of compassion. It's like, I want to see this person healed. I want to see this person helped. So go ahead and do that. Go ahead and look around right now. And I want you to be kind of, okay, what, Lord, who is it that, that you want me to pray for right now? So everybody, everybody have somebody as a target. All right, I want you to move towards the person right now that you're kind of drawn to. 
Of course, we want to make sure everybody has somebody. So if you are drawn to someone, you can pray for more than one person. Don't, don't feel limited to that at all. And I know that there's a strong heritage of healing in the house here and also in, in, with uh, different churches that are represented here. And so, so this I'm not doing anything that, that isn't familiar to everybody. And uh, so I want you right now to do something that I, I've learned um, about healing that has really helped me, and that is the principle of the handkerchief. And the principle of the handkerchief was that God did extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul that even even handkerchiefs were taken from his body and put upon the sick and they were healed. And I think the significant part about that is that the handkerchief has no faith. The handkerchief has no try. The handkerchief the handkerchief has he brings nothing to this. And so you are really, you are so important to the ministry of Jesus and healing, but you're really not that important. You're just carrying the touch. You carry the touch of the healer. So I want you to pray for the person, but don't try to heal the person. Does that make sense? Just rest. You cannot heal them. You cannot. It's an impossibility. You are not supernatural. Jesus is. But you are a handkerchief that carries the touch of the healer. So go ahead. Right now, just release your most relaxed. Jesus, I thank you for healing right now. I thank you for your power right now. Matter of fact, if you're out there and you are getting uh, just kind of words like, Lord, just help me right now. Just release words of healing into the atmosphere. You know, maybe it's not the person in front of you, but, you know, heal. Lord, just heal backs right now. Heal, heal necks right now. Lord, heal feet right now. Go ahead, everybody. Anything that comes to you, just speak those things out. And I just believe the angels and, and the activity of God just starts to happen in, in a room as we just cooperate with, with the movement of God. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for things that happened because you're here. And we just carry the touch. We just release the touch in Jesus' name. We command every sickness, disease, cancer, affliction in Jesus' name to go, all its forms, symptoms. Right now, go, 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 go. We command uh, things to change, organs to be reformed. We just command in Jesus' name, Lord, vision to clear, ears to open, pain to go in Jesus' name. We just command there to be uh, just breakthrough in the prostrate area. In Jesus' name, thank you for miracles right now with, with the, in, in, in Father and men. Lord, just men issues right now. We just release healing in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Father, for, Lord, opening arteries right now. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you, Father, for just breaking through, God, where there's been blockages in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, Father, those, those migraines... And there's like a, is it like a form of migraine? The doctors have told you about it. It's a form of migraine, but it doesn't manifest the same symptoms as somebody else. But the, the diagnosis is, is migraines, Lord. Whatever that strange migraine thing is that people have, someone here is experienced, Lord, I thank you, Father, for breakthrough, God, with that tonight in Jesus' name. If you're 
If you're here right now and you're praying for someone and you're aware of movement, the power of God, whatever, how you would describe that, you have some sort of sensation, why don't you just nod your head? It's like, yeah, I feel the power of God right now. As I'm praying, I feel the power of God. Nod your head if you're praying for someone and, and you're experiencing God doing something. Amen. And I just want you to acknowledge, yeah, the Lord is moving through me. There's something happening. Several people nodding their heads saying, yes, God, is, I, I, there's something. Something. It's compassion. It's, 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 the, it's the power of God that just moves towards conditions that need breakthrough. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for a miracle in the sinus areas. I don't know who, who that's for. It's just by speaking things. I don't know if it's angels. I don't really know how this works. All I know is that there's so many times they just say things in the atmosphere of his presence. And, and it's like, you know, the centurion man that's just said, you know, I say to this one, come. And he comes. This one, he goes. And he goes. And Jesus said, you know what? I have not seen such great faith. I think that's what we do is we just say things. And then, you know, the, the angels are whatever go and carry out that word so lord we thank you for that right now in jesus name so let's just take just a few more minutes just let the holy spirit just continue to if you are sensing right now if you're receiving prayer and you're sensing the holy spirit on you why don't you raise your hand right now again just let me see you sense the holy spirit on your body in you just aware of his presence it's healing is just a manifestation of the presence of god that physically changes us so the first thing we do is we recognize he's here and we've recognized it all night. It's just happened so many ways. I mean, I can't tell you how many different movements of God around me already tonight. And I just want to say this again to Spirit of Life Church. You guys are amazing. You guys create such an atmosphere for God to come and do things. It's your heritage to have miracles. It's your heritage to have revival. And so I just bless you again to have a season of, of just, just continuous breakthrough in people's bodies in Jesus' name. All right, right now, I want you, if you are praying for someone, ask them to do something. You ask them. Ask them. Just, you know, somebody who's praying for them, say, hey, check it out. Is it, is it, is it different? it feel different? Sometimes I'll ask, are you experiencing anything? Is it in a specific place? So go ahead and ask them. Ask, ask the question. The question's not for you. It's for them. It's like, okay, well, what is happening with my body? Ask them if anything's different. Ask them to see if the pain is different, the mobility, the feeling is different. Wow. Thank you, Lord. And if nothing has changed, if nothing's different, we learned this this morning in our church, what do we do? Pray one more time. So if nothing changed, we pray one more time. Jesus prayed for a blind man three times. Sometimes miracles don't happen the first time. We just pray again. Pray, then ask. So go ahead. You have to pray as long this time. The only reason we prayed long the first time was just so you can experience Jesus a little bit more because it's fun. So go ahead, pray again. And then if you're receiving prayer, go ahead and check it out. Now, if you're feeling led now to go pray for someone else, go ahead and do that. I just, I just want to release people to move around. But if you are receiving prayer, check your body, see if your condition is different. All right, I want to ask this question right now real quickly. 
If any of you that have received prayer and your condition has changed, I want you to wave your hand for me. Wave your hand. Something is different. Hey, what happened? Your fingers? What would you have like arthritis or some really stiff? So they're, they're did it happen the first time they prayed or what when did it happen? Started earlier. And uh let's see. Did you have any sensations or anything before it happened? Or it just happened. Someone prayed for you and it loosened up. So his hands are free. Anybody else? Hey, let's, let's, hey brother, yeah, what happened when they prayed for you? The loss of pain? Oh, okay. So he felt movement in, in, in the side of is the condition. How would you check that? Is that something you got to check? Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. But you felt the power of God move through there? Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? The reason why we do this, we want to find out what Jesus did. And we want, to, we want to give him the glory that's available right now so that it can increase because somebody else hasn't received yet. And when we begin to give testimony, it increases. So anybody else, so you want to, you'll say, hey, Jesus is starting to do something in my body or things are different right now. Wave at me. I want to find out if there's anything else that's happening. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whoa. Thank you, Lord, for Dan. Thank you, Lord, for giving and swallowing capacity back in Jesus' name. Everybody right now, I want to do something for Dan. Let's all swallow. Dan needs, he's got, he, God has touched, God has touched him in so many ways, but he needs to be able to swallow again. So let's help him. Let's all swallow. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for Dan's miracle. And in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that he can swallow just like we can swallow. And so we're going to just swallow by faith right now. So just do your swallow. And, Lord, we just release our faith to Dan in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just command, Lord, that part of his throat in Jesus' name to respond in Jesus' name without sort of limitation in Jesus' name. Father, that he can eat again, that he can, he can, wow, thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name. Ha, <laughs> ha. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't know where we're going from here, but I just want to encourage you. Miracles happen when you look. Don't disconnect from faith, even if we disconnect from the service. Just continue to look. And if, you know, as long as you're looking tonight, something can still happen. So let's just, let's just leave in a, in, a, in a position of faith, a posture of faith. And it's like, well, you know, they prayed for me a couple times. I haven't really seen anything yet. But you know what? I, I believe Jesus was there. I believe that his power was there. And so I'm just going to check it again. So I encourage you to check it two or three more times before you go to bed tonight. Wake up in the morning in faith. And check it again in the, in the morning. And if it doesn't change, then come back. Pastor Jonathan has a healing anointing. Come back and say, hey. Matt, Matt's got it. Matt has as many testimonies as I do. 
I mean, he, he, he walks. He, he, he's, a, he's a healing machine. I mean, he's, he's the only guy I know jumps out of an airplane, breaks his leg, and starts running a couple weeks later. <laughs> I mean, there is such a heritage of miracles. Isn't it possible that Jesus is really here right now? Isn't it normal where Jesus goes that, that things would change? So, so it's just really, really possible that things really happened. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that as we continue to check things, things will, will can be confirmed. Father, I thank you for doctor-confirmed creative miracles from this place tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for doctor-confirmed. It's not there anymore in Jesus' name, whatever it is. just going to hang out and uh, if you still need prayer chase somebody down the presence of the Lord still thick in this place you need, need anything else Jeff? Thank you Jeff for coming thank you for Grand Island coming over and Grace Fellowship and whatever churches you're a part of thank you for making this night great God is good. Love you guys very much. Have a good night.